0: What's going on, everybody? I'm Johnny Brooke from Crafted Workshop. Welcome back to episode number 43 of the Crafted Podcast. A podcast all about making stuff by hand, woodworking, metalworking, leather, electronics, and more. We put out new episodes every Thursday on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, pretty much everywhere podcasts are available. We also live stream every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Love to have you join us over there. Uh, just search for us on YouTube, Crafted Podcast. You'll find our channel there. And we live stream there. You can chat with us through the YouTube app. It's a great way to kind of interact with us live and get your questions answered. And we also have some social media accounts. We're at Crafted Podcasts on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Feel free to ask us any questions on those platforms as well. And tag us on Instagram in your listener projects. Also, one huge help is to rate the show on iTunes. Give it a five-star review. That really helps us kind of get in front of more ears and kind of help spread the word about the show. Last, we are on Patreon now. We added a $250 goal to add a weekend show every week. That's patreon.com slash craftedpodcast. We've got tons of support levels there, weekly after show, monthly hangouts. Our top patron of the week is Make, Build, Modify, and we have no new patrons. So come on, y'all, get on it. So uh, let me introduce my co-host as always. Got James Wright from Wood by Wright. What's going on, James?
1: Oh, not too much, but I am enjoying life right now. Thank you so much for having me.
0: All right. And we've got Zach Herberholz from ZH Fabrications. What's going on, Zach?
1: Not
2: much. Just uh, eating some uh, meatloaf with some bacon flavored ketchup that we bought in Nashville and it's like the best invention ever. It's hmm. incredible. Oh, well, that sounds fantastic. fantastic. Yeah. Bacon ketchup. That yeah. sounds delicious. Nashville Jim yeah. Company. Good stuff. This
0: week, man, I gotta I gotta buy the Zach Snacks jingles on fiber. <laughs> I need to it's just like it's become a thing. You just need to embrace it.
2: And uh, yeah, <laughs> could you could you actually play something? You said Dude, we wouldn't well, hear
0: it, but yeah. So I got to figure that out. I, I know uh, You need to get a Mark...
1: soundboard where you can you know push a button and it comes out. Well, yeah, so, I think you can just play it through your speakers or something.
2: I
0: mean, Google it. Hangouts has like a little control room button, but I'm not the person running the call. Oh so. yeah,
1: I should look that up.
0: Yeah, so because I mean, like obviously, Wood Talk that little Shannon's. Industry update jingle is hilarious to me, so I wouldn't mind adding that uh, that that would be pretty good so uh James, you want to kick us off what you been working on man
1: yeah well we actually um in the shop, not much at all um we we kind of did a mini vacation with the family and went down to uh, Missouri for the eclipse and uh, that was absolutely phenomenal so we we kind of made it a um, a couple day thing. It was five hours down and nine hours back, because for some reason everyone decided to go home at the same time. Millions of people.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's uh, how was that full totality down there?
1: Yeah, yeah, we had uh, a little over two and a half minutes, um, and it was it was absolutely incredible, and uh, something that everyone should should do at least once.
0: Yeah, yeah, we weren't in like hundred percent totality. I don't think here in Asheville, but we were like high, high nineties. So uh, it was next, pretty crazy.
1: Next time you've got to go totality um, completely yeah. because it's 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 just one of those weird things when in, when the actual shadow comes over, it is absolutely incredible.
0: So was it like total darkness, or did it?
1: It was it was about the same light as you would have on um, your brightest full moon. Hmm.
2: Wow. Man, so it was, it, yeah, it, it's
1: it's dark. You can see the stars and everything. Man, and see, it uh, wasn't quite at, that... At, at peak, you get this uh, this sunset all the way around at 360 degrees. That's just... It, it was absolutely incredible.
0: That's nuts. Yeah, I just sat on my uh, my front steps with my Lincoln welding mask on, and <laughs> I was like completely... Because I was right in the middle of building these chairs, and you know I was already a day behind, so... I certainly wasn't gonna take the day, but I know uh,
2: I wonder how many like metal fabricators listening to the podcast just slammed their fists on the table and said, It's a hood.
0: It's not yeah. a mask. Oh yeah, true. Yeah, I know. I always think like, them a
2: sick. They're like the knife the the knife knife nerds that Jimmy talks that's about. Funny.
0: Yeah, that's true. I don't even know why I called it a man. you know it's funny because I have been calling it a welding hood, but then I like was googling around about the eclipse to make sure that the hood would protect my eyeballs. And people kept calling it a mask. So I was like, well, I don't know. But yeah, anyway, it worked pretty well until the eclipse was actually happening. And then it was like not bright enough to trigger because, you know, it's one of the auto-triggering mask or hoods. And uh, so I had to like hold down the test button for like 15 <laughs> minutes because it kept just turning off. And like obviously it was incredibly bright. So um, yeah, it was it was kind of funny. I probably looked like a moron, but... It was pretty cool to see through the through the, mat, through the hood.
1: Yeah, it was it was kind of cool because <laughs> I actually got to take our our kids down there for it, and uh, that's awesome, they, man. They it it was kind of I wasn't expecting them to have any cool reaction to it, but they they actually went all wild on it, and it was it was something that really kind of blew their minds.
0: Yeah, I bet it was bizarre. I mean, even here, you know, it was probably like dusk, basically. You know, it was not like completely dark, but you know, like the temperature started dropping. Yeah. And the crickets came out. It was like really Weird. it was very odd. Um yeah, very odd. Yeah, you start experience.
1: to see the the birds doing odd things and animals poking up here and there and it was just like it's yeah. kind of funny.
0: <laughs> it is a kind of a cool
1: experience for sure, but so everyone watching, you have 7 years to wait for the next one, so. Yeah, what? 2024. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I think the next one's actually going through Maine. So if, if everything yeah, it goes... comes from
1: uh, the Gulf and yeah, know, it's like to the Northeast, the other yeah. diagonal,
2: if, if, uh, if everything goes as planned, I might be close
1: to it this time. Nice. Oh, it's, well, it's definitely worth the drive. Like... If you're within 12 hours, go for it.
2: Well, we were, uh, <laughs> it was kind of, kind of sucked cause we were in, we were in Nashville, which is like in the total zone for the DeWalt thing. And then like. Our plane ticket was out the day before the eclipse, which also happened to be uh, Tracy's birthday. So like, yeah, I just felt like a really bad husband. <laughs> <laughs> Better planning. Like everybody's coming into the city to see the eclipse and it's her birthday and we're leaving. like right before That's hilarious. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. I just didn't want to deal with the traffic. Honestly, I am so
0: averse to traffic. I'm just... I'm like I don't know well, If we'd done it smart, happening. we
1: would have gotten an extra night, but we were already taking the kids out of school for one day, so it was.
0: Yeah, yeah, man,
1: that's cool. Also, yeah, well, nothing, the, nothing else. Nothing else in the shop, just the
0: eclipse.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, actually, I did get a little bit of wordworking done. Uh, most of my time, I spent kind of planning what I want to do with the back wall and where I'm putting tools. But I'm, I'm getting ready to do the last step on the bench, which are making the the two leg vices for it. And I'm also doing the, I'm putting together the plans for it. I've had a lot of people asking me for the plans for the woodworking bench. Um, so hopefully that will be coming out in the next uh, week or two, but uh, it's going to be a, a really heavy um, plan with a lot of, a lot of other information, a lot of options. So <laughs> I'm nice. looking forward to putting that together.
0: Yeah, dude, the wall looks awesome, man. That that really, y- you are looking super legit, in front of that wall, it is uh, the lighting is on point. I'm I'm a little envious. I need to step up my game.
1: <laughs> well, that and I'm I'm about to buy a uh, GH uh, GH five. Nice. Um, sink a couple thousand dollars into that and a few lenses. I'm even thinking about getting a uh, a sliding rig. So we'll see.
0: That would be cool. Yeah, that uh, that would be nice. i I've I've considered it. I actually. Funny enough, I bought a drone for the uh, DeWalt event just to try it out because, you know, I'm, I'm going to return it, but um, just to see what it was all about, you know, because, you know, everybody, it seems like they use the drones with the GoPros and stuff like that, but using it with a full-on DSLR, even though it's just a mirrorless, dude, my forearms were on fire after like a six-hour session of holding that thing. I mean, the footage looks great. It mean, it looks like I had a tripod set up, you know, it was like perfectly stable, Really smooth pans, but, uh, yeah, that, that thing must've weighed like 10 pounds and just holding it up, you know, the tops of my forearms were
1: <laughs> feeling it,
0: feeling the burn. But, uh, yeah, that, I was thinking like that would almost be a way to substitute a slider though. Uh, you could just use the gimbal and handhold it and kind of walk side to side and not have to go through the pain of setting up a slider. Yeah. Uh, that that would be,
1: but I'm like I'm wanting to do a a sliding shot while I'm working on something. So ah,
0: to... like a sliding time lapse kind of thing. Yeah, nice, nice, cool. Zach, how about you, man? I see you got a video out.
2: Yeah, it's oh, about time. Um, yeah, exciting. Yeah, that was uh, I was uh, anxious to put that one out. It's it's off to a pretty good start, but it's it's kind of fading quick. But uh, how did you move it? That is my um,
0: question because that thing must have like legitimately weighed yeah.
2: like four hundred pounds. It was it. I put my bitch it was to definitely shame. heavy, but yeah. it's not as heavy as you would think it is. I mean, it's not light. I mean, it's uh... fortunately it fit the guy that that uh, bought that. He's actually the same guy that I did the um, farmhouse or the uh, prison doors, the sliding doors for. Um, but he lives up in Daytona Beach, so he drove down for that and uh there's oh, three of us that, yeah nice so that's awesome yep I, I as much as i love my old truck i i'm not quite <laughs> ready to drive that further than like 40 miles from my house yeah but uh yeah it fit in the back of his truck standing up he's like should we flip it over take the top off I'm like no let's just Lift really hard and put it in the back of your truck. It'll be fine. It's not going. Uh, yeah, there's there's no flipping that thing over <laughs> accidentally unless he like flips over the truck. It would have been really. I mean, like this sounds terrible, but it would have been really interesting. I, I'm just imagining like a a car accident with that thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> just be
0: like it would have been fine. Have the truck is cr- totally.
1: Like, but the, but the table's nice.
2: Yeah, yeah. The truck I mean, would have been destroyed. The table would have would have survived. <laughs> like whatever hit him, it was just bounce off. Yeah, <laughs>
0: so. yeah, that thing was no joke, dude. But it it turned out the paint and the finish just looked super nice. That was uh, that went really well.
2: Yeah, that was. I think that might be my favorite yeah. build so far. Um, yeah, I was kind of sad to see that one go, and. If I knew, if I were going to be staying here for the rest of my life, I'd probably have built one for myself, but I don't want to move that across the country. <laughs> yeah. so. No, um, i not. So it's yeah, been crazy. Would... I mean, I, uh, well, you were there for a lot of it. Um, so we had Oklahoma and then we had, then I went to Jimmy's place in upstate New York. And then we went two days later, went to Cincinnati to hang out with my wife's family And then two days after that, Nashville. And then I got back and I had to get the deadline on that X table, that uh, that's on my Instagram. So I was like, I was pretty much I was out of town more than I was home the past month. So like I, I built that table, that double X table, which hopefully that video should be out soon because it's, I delivered that two days ago, or yesterday. I can't even remember. It's all it's all turned out really good too, man. Yeah, that one, you know. That that's one of those tables I was building. and I'm like, man, it's just not. It's not there. It's not right. It's not right. And um, I can't remember if I talked. Yeah, I think I talked about the turnbuckles in the last podcast. Oh, the turnbuckle yeah. made
0: it, man. It, I think so really too. That, that was it.
2: Because I was looking at it when I just had that piece of all thread that went all the way through it, and I was like, man, it's just not. It's missing something. It looks. It looks like it's not cohesive. So yeah. it was. It was too. Um, it was too shiny too. It was the, the all thread was zinc coated and everything else was steel and kind of that walnut color. And the, the zinc was just, I mean, it's like a white, you know, where steel is kind of a like gray ish. The zinc is just like two. So I blackened that and welded up pretty much fab that turnbuckle. And that I think really, really brought it together. Plus I haven't posted the picture of it yet on my Instagram delivered. I have a picture of it in my shop, but, um, it looks so good in their house. I I posted some stuff on my story about their house that they designed. I yeah. don't know anything about it, but they have a really cool setup.
0: Yeah, it's, that uh, like crazy chandelier over it was pretty
2: sweet. Yeah, yeah. What was yeah. it? Yeah, they they had like the electronics and they had, like, oh yeah, wireless. all the automation
0: like the Philips Hue stuff and all that.
2: Yeah, it was crazy. I didn't know how cool that was. What's the? Oh, dude. Yeah. There's something called like Sonor or Sonar or. Not sonar, but something similar to that. It's like this wireless sound system that's... Oh, Sonos. Their... Yeah, Sonos. Yeah. Man, it sounded like a club in there. It was insane. My parents have that. It is... Yeah, home automation
0: they had, they is like one of the of them. things I'm excited about. Yeah, they my had parents... They three of those. Things. It was crazy. <laughs> well, it's cool. They have one in the office, like on their bottom level, then a couple in the main room, like on their second level, and then a couple upstairs. So, like, literally... They can go anywhere in their house and have the same song playing, and, like, it's completely seamless. It's really great for parties and stuff like that, because then it, like, just kind of carries the the vibe of the party throughout the house. It's a really – it's a cool setup. I, I wish – so I'm, like, a huge Apple guy, and Sonos is kind of annoying because you have to use an app to control it. Um, and I wish Apple, from your phone, you could AirPlay to multiple devices at once that would – I'm guessing with their new, they're coming out with kind of their own speaker to kind of rival Sonos. Uh, but uh, anyway, I'm I'm totally nerding out on the home automation stuff lately. I'm I'm considering like making my second channel about home automation just because I've already got a Nest and like the Haiku fan and want to add a bunch of other like the I have a couple video doorbells and uh, kind of want to. You know, geek out the house, but that stuff
2: was that. Yeah, it was really cool to see, but I don't think I'd want any of it in my house.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The problem I have is my internet's not good enough to support most of it. Like, I I can't load the video feed from my like Ring doorbell because my bandwidth is not strong enough. It's (laughs) the uh,
2: the only thing I would want. I think would be the um, the Philips Hue thing was pretty sweet. So like, all the lights are on like different circuits. This totally sounds like an ad. (laughs) This <laughs> so is like one of those like Phillips Hue, available at Home Depot. Yeah, no. But uh, like each one of them was set up different. He had a I had it on my Instagram story like it had like the Keller wheel, color wheel, <laughs> uh-huh. and uh, dude
0: John Malecki says Keller just like you. Really? I swear you have a PA accent. I don't know if your like family is from Pennsylvania. Nope. But man, you sound so much like Pennsylvania people to me, and that's what like I initially thought. And the more I listen to him talk, you know, he's from Pittsburgh or lives in Pittsburgh, and he every time it's like Keller. Huh. It's hilarious. We we have yeah. a
2: lot in common. I haven't I I haven't talked I to him for a, <laughs> a couple of weeks. Uh, but um, but no, on the the color wheel on the phone, you can like just slide your finger, in and whatever wherever your finger is, like that's where what color the lights will be. Okay, I need to change subjects. I'm getting sick of saying that. <laughs> yeah, we've got um, that
1: upstairs in our living room and fireplace room. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Between uh, that and uh, a uh, controllable thermostat, uh, I love that because, you know, like when we are gone this weekend, I basically turned off the furnace. Yep. And then when we are at the rest stop about three hours away. I turned everything on and brought it up to temperature. It really so is I got home, amazing. everything was cool and ready to go. Yeah. It's funny because... Like, so like we're kind my... of
2: backwards on that part because I would love to have a house where like the thermometer is how much wood I have in the wood stove. <laughs> like
1: that. And they call me the hand tool guy. I know, so right?
0: my <laughs> ceiling fan is controllable via app. And so yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, the one would... in my bedroom and dude, there is, <laughs> it is incredible how useful that is. Like, it's like, Ooh, that's just a touch too high. And I don't feel like getting up out of bed. And just being able to change that is amazing. It uh it's one of those things where I thought was totally stupid, but it's awesome. And it connects to the nest, so if it's like, you know, the AC's on, it'll turn the fan up to help circulate air. But um anyway, this is not a home automation podcast, but no. it is pretty sweet. It and was cool. Pres- yeah. Presumably most bright. of us have homes since woodworking is kinda of hard to do without one. So. <laughs> I'm a homeless woodworker.
2: Let's <laughs> yeah. see what else what else is new. Um, I think that's it. I mean, I got that, that table delivered after a lot of long nights and kind of a time, time cram. And now, now I'm like, I just can't wait. And today I spent the whole day posting my videos everywhere and, uh, uh, getting everything edited, my website, newsletter, all that stuff. So that kept me busy. And tomorrow is the first, tomorrow I'm going to ship out all of the shirts that everybody's been waiting for, for a week or two, just cause I've been out of town but other than that, tomorrow, I'm, I have nothing. It's my first day of like nothingness for, I don't know, probably a couple of weeks. I'll probably clean my shop because it needs it really bad. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that's that's about it for me.
0: So, I guess for me, uh put out the Modern Adirondack Chair video today. It's doing pretty good. Um, really happy with the way this came out. I was kind of debating on on whether to paint or clear coat the cypress. And I think it looks pretty good uh, with the clear. I, I think it would look fine either way, but I put up a post on Instagram and like overwhelmingly, uh, got clear coat as the response. So I figured why not go with the clear coat and I already had the clear coat on hand. So free is better than spending 50 bucks on a gallon of paint. So, um, so yeah, that that went out uh, today, Wednesday. So if you missed that, go check that out. I do have plans available for those too, if you want to build some of those yourself. Uh, Going to be starting on the DIY plywood sofa tomorrow, which should be pretty interesting. So I've never never done upholstery and kind of found... So when I was in Portland, I've mentioned this before, I found this cool plywood sofa and I'm kind of taking some inspiration from them as far as how they did the cushions. I found this awesome article in Wood Magazine on their website on how to upholster a cushion around, like, a piece of plywood as the base for the cushion. So, uh, basically, you, like, round over all the edges and then cut the foam at a diagonal on each side so it kind of nicely tapers into the edges and just kind of wrap it around underneath and staple it. So, that'll be kind of interesting uh, going to Joanne Fabric, which is always a a weird, you know, it's like... I know, it's it's like, it's I'm assuming what like a knitter feels like going to Home Depot. You know, it's like a world of things I don't know about. So, um, yeah, the coupon is essential at Joanne, though. It's like Michael's, never pay full price for anything at either of those stores. But anyway, so, uh, yeah, i uh excited about that. I think that should be a cool one. Um, and I'm trying to make it a super simple, not tool-intensive build. Like, I am... My plan is to only use a circular saw, router, and a drill, and a jigsaw. Ooh. So just some basic handheld tools, uh, you know, trying to...
1: <laughs> I could do that too if I had one of those.
0: I know. Trying to trying to avoid all of that crap. So uh, hopefully that should go pretty well. Um, also booked my flights. Uh, I'm going to go out and do a collaboration with Chris Salmoni in October. Nice. So really... Yeah, really excited about that. Going out there for like five days. Uh, I guess we'll really only have three days in the shop, but hopefully him and I can kind of knock something out. We, I think have. I mean, he is a much better, way way better designer than I am. But uh, we have similar styles as far as like what we like. So uh, I think that'll be pretty cool. We've got some some ideas, but uh, yeah, so that'll be awesome. And then last, I'm gonna be a speaker at workbench con which is this event coming up in february it's february 22nd through the 24th in atlanta uh definitely recommend checking it out we'll have a link in the show notes to the website uh it is chock full so this is like a traditional conference this is not like go stand around and look at the new tools from powermatic or whatever this is like go attend seminars learn a bunch of stuff and go home and apply it to your business so I think the idea is similar to the Haven conference that's been around for a little bit. Whereas that one's more focused towards like DIY bloggers. This one is more focused towards kind of woodworker content creator kind of people. So, um, should be really awesome. Ben Ueda is the keynote speaker. Chris Alamone will be there. Mike Montgomery, Bob Claggett, Jimmy Duresta, uh, Brad, Brad Rodriguez, John Malecki, a whole laundry list of dudes. So, uh, it should be, Should be pretty cool and a little bit intimidating. Got to go uh, speak there. I've got two one-hour talks, so uh, go attend and ask me some good questions at the end so I'm not stuck up there with no questions. So, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for me. Uh, So (laughs) we're a little unprepared for this episode, to be honest. Uh, so we kind of have just reached out to the audience for some questions, so it's going to kind of be all over the place, uh, but uh, that's you know that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, so let's just work our way through the list, and you know if you guys ever want to have your an- your questions answered, you know again hit us up social media at uh, Crafted Podcast or join us in the live chat. That's like probably the best way, or support us on Patreon. So uh, all right, so first Richard Johnson says he loved Zach's table. Uh, and Zach seems to use ash a lot. Any particular reason why? So I think like, I know the answer to this, but Zach, <laughs> it's cheap and it
2: looks good. <laughs> yeah, Florida. Um, well, no, I mean I I've I've always liked ash. Um, it's very similar to oak. I mean it's. I feel like it usually has nicer figuring than oak. It. Uh, I mean other not i mean there's like you know quarter sawn white oak is a totally different breed but but you know your standard uh plain sawn oak it's it's similar i feel like it's a little bit less porous typically and uh it always takes dye and stain well it's not like a uh pitchy wood so it's just it's hard and it's heavy but it's relatively easy to work with sometimes it doesn't plane so well but uh you know, usually if I'm doing a glued-up tabletop, I'm not doing a ton of that. I'll, you know, cut it pretty close, and uh, yeah. So it's it's kind of one of my go-to's. It's it's just always it's always available where I'm at, and it's uh, easy to work with.
1: It's a fairly forgiving wood too. It's yeah. It's not something that's even with hand tools. It's not something you're going to be messing up easily. It's fairly easy to get through without tear out. Yeah. yeah. And it's really
2: easy to read the grain. There's not a whole lot of reversals, and seems to take stain
0: really well too. That yeah, it's
2: just you know some a lot of woods that are oilier or have pitch or have you know little pockets of stuff in them uh, can can kind of blotch and make you know absorb things unevenly. And well,
0: like maple is a total pain to to stain, and it's it's pretty cheap in my area. But I would if I had to stain it, I would never use maple.
2: I, I, I used maple on the, um, that power USB table that I did the conference table, but yeah, I used a dye stain on it. So it was aniline dye, uh, maple, maple is too, like most maple's is just so plain or there's not a ton of contrast between like the early wood and the late wood. So you put stain on it and it just all turned, it looks like paint. So you need something, the dye kind of sinks in it different different things for different materials but but ash has always been good to me so nice yeah it's funny i've never worked with ash it's kind of like on
0: my on my list i just have this huge pile of walnut that i've been working through for you know gotten it i guess almost like probably coming up on a year now soon um but yeah i never had the reason to go buy it but it always looks like a cool wood to work with
1: yeah, it feels a lot like oak, but it's it's far more consistent in color than oak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas with oak, you can get this broad, broad range of colors. Yeah. Um, with ash, it's it's kind of easy to to work with that way.
0: Well, it also seems interesting, like, I guess this emerald ash bore, that's, uh, like, I hear the ash tree could be going the, the way of the, the chestnut, uh, according to some of the stuff Shannon said on Wood Talk. Hmm which would be sad because it's a good, good, relatively inexpensive hardwood. So I don't know. Yeah, and it's, I have to ask Shannon.
2: it's, it's crazy. Like people used to just how much Walnut people used to use. Like they used to use it for everything. It wasn't even like a fancy wood, you know, 50 years ago it was it's crazy. Yeah. Times have changed.
0: I know. I know it's, uh, it's kind of interesting. Luckily, I love walnuts, so <laughs> good to have a whole pile of it. Yeah. Um, all right, so here's kind of a random one, metal and grain. Uh, what day other than Tuesdays do we like to post, I assume, videos? Uh, so James does three a week, but if I missed a Tuesday, was my second choice. So, um, So I personally don't know how much day of the week matters, realistically, I think. You know, I think there are successful YouTube creators in this space who post on pretty much every day of the week. So, you know, Jay Bates I think posts on Sunday, maybe Laura Comp posts on Sunday. Uh, Bob usually posts on third or on Tuesday. Um, David posts on Thursday. So, I-, I think consistency is way more important than a specific day. Like this week, I just wasn't done with the Adirondack chairs yesterday. There was no way I was going to get them done. So. I put out the video today, you know, so today being Wednesday. Uh, so I really don't think it's that critical. Um, what it, what that would and it
1: also, it varies greatly channel to channel, um, and what your audience is, you know, like for me, I have a lot of retirees and so, you know, putting things out at weird times for them is not a huge issue, but I mean, in comparison, I put them out every Tuesday, every Thursday, and every Saturday. My Saturday videos always do better, hmm. um, unless it's a unless it's a dumb thing. Um, but that's right off the bat. Um, you let it sit for a week or two, and they all kind of flatten out. Yeah. So it really isn't a it, you know if you're if you're really going after that initial boost of who's watching it, um, you're trying to do it when most people are at home. Um, but you know, give it a give it a week or two and that's gonna disappear because everyone likes to go back and watch the people they like.
2: Yeah. I, also I just think figure it, that most people that work jobs don't do anything on at their jobs like yeah, by same. Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah. And as somebody who gets work pe- a workday
0: job, that's when I watch a lot of YouTube.
2: Yeah, I I mean every job I've ever had you pretty much you're you're given, you know, two hours of work to do and then you're paid to stand around and look busy the rest of the day. So that's not everybody, but that's just been my experience <laughs> with em- employment. So,
0: yep. Yeah, no, I totally, totally agree. But, you know, again, I think most of the traffic on YouTube comes from uh, either search or them suggesting your video from other videos. And then also a lot of it comes from the traffic you can drive to the video. So whether that's sharing on other platforms like Instructables and Reddit and social media or, uh, you know, your email newsletter or whatever, that's... uh I think that's all part of it. So I really don't think day of the matter day of the week matters as much as consistency. So All right. Um let's see here. So question for the three of us from the duck. Uh how would you mill up a log of wood without power tools? James
2: or I mean Johnny. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah I would not.
2: So I would I would get a box and I would mail it to Johnny.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then I'd forward it on to Matt Cremona and uh he could do it without my power tools. And eventually it would end up in James' shop. Yeah. <laughs> James, you, you have I mean you bought that fro when you were in Asheville. Have you used that thing yet?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I actually did a video on it a while ago.
0: Oh, was that yeah, you use it in the free lumber video? Well, I
1: I mentioned it in there. Um I want to do a video on it eventually here, but I haven't gotten around to it. But, um, well, yeah, you can, you can always um, rive the wood. In other words, split out wedges lengthwise and then plane those wedges to the shape you want. Um, that's the most difficult way, but you end up getting the best quality wood humanly possible that way. Um, the, the traditional method, though, is you take a handsaw and you cut it lengthwise. Um, I, I know that that sounds absolutely crazy and it's slow, but it works. Um, and if you make a larger frame saw, like a Rubo style frame saw, you can actually do some fairly large logs. And if you get really big logs, then you get a second person and you put the log up in the air over your head, um, on a support somehow, uh, or dig a trench and you go down underneath the log. And then one person above pulling the saw up and one person below pulling the saw down. And you can mill away. <laughs> it's actually a lot of fun at, uh, and and extremely rewarding, but a lot of work.
0: Yeah, what do they call that? Like the saw pit or something a like pit that? Pit saw. Pit saw. Yeah, there you go. There we go. Yeah, it's a always uh esoteric woodworking knowledge there.
1: Yeah, the, the person on the top does the most work because they're lifting the saw back up every time. Yeah. But the person on the bottom gets the sawdust dumped on them with every saw stroke. Ugh,
0: that sounds absolutely <laughs> miserable, man.
1: That's why they have a um So are you a, a top large... or a bottom? <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs> Family Back <Joe>. on topic. <laughs> so, worse. Well, Brain <laughs>
0: asks, talk about DeWalt. So I guess let's recap the event real quick, Zach. Do uh, what? Okay. <laughs> I mean it was a great weekend, you know to me, the highlight of course was seeing all the other youtube guys uh you know Jamie Dressa, Bob Claggett dave Pauto brad Rodriguez uh, it was uh it was a great great weekend
2: uh, it was yeah it was a good time Nashville's a cool city that's the first time I've been there and uh yeah it was there's it was never a dull moment, and uh, I think I had the best barbecue of my life there so um, it was a good time yeah.
0: Yeah, the I think one of the like surprising highlights was the rodeo. I think we were both yeah. kind of shocked at how awesome that was. It was the, you know, the PBR, like the top professional bull riding people and dude, it was intense and like fast-paced and it was awesome.
2: Yeah, I mean, I we obviously aren't huge in the <laughs> bull riding world. Um I don't think we knew anything really about it going into it. <laughs> No. And it was super entertaining. No, it was so, great for yeah.
0: somebody with like super ADD. Cause like the, the maximum length of a rodeo, like of a bull riding session is like eight seconds. So it's like eight seconds. And if you make it that far, it's like amazing. And then you have to figure out how to get the heck off of this enormous bull without getting destroyed. Yeah. And, uh, it's like, I didn't realize it was like a head to head, like bracket thing. And it was pretty cool. So, yeah. um, But yeah, Dewalt's got some awesome tools coming out. I mean, I I have like I already own a couple of the ones that I was like most excited about, like their their uh, cordless track saw and the cordless Brad nailer we used in Oklahoma. Um, I think that uh, flooring nailer is really cool. That's I'm I'm considering adding hardwood to my attic, and that might be the ticket. No,
2: i I thought the um, I thought it was interesting because. All of their tools are starting to look like assault rifles. <laughs> like, yeah, they
0: they have some intense styling.
2: Yeah, they're uh especially like their concrete drills and stuff. I mean, oh man, like,
0: zombie apocalypse happens, go grab all the DeWalt masonry tools.
2: You no, I you could you could seriously, you could grab one of those concrete drills and like go rob banks with it. Like people <laughs> would be like this guy is from the future and he's going to kill me. Yeah, they're yeah, they're they, crazy they looking. But I was actually I was watching this because I didn't know. I mean, the event was interesting, but it seemed like it catered the majority of it catered to people who run like giant um, construction crews that like build you know probably not skyscrapers but big big buildings. No, they, you do. Know, they do. Contractors and stuff. I but
0: mean, that's it, interesting. You know, I'm, I'm sure about they do Walt too. Is, yeah. Like so
2: much of their stuff is based on the
0: like the industry and the job site. Like we. Mm-hmm. I think we are not the typical use case. For
2: no, that's tools. what that's what I'm getting at. Uh, so there's a lot of cool stuff, but a lot of it didn't directly pertain to us. Like they have Bluetooth, essentially GPS on the tools, um, so that you can find them and figure out where they're at and yeah. turn them on and turn them off remotely. It's like uh, uh what what's the thing <laughs> that they put that on the cars? Dangerous.
0: Yeah, it's like uh, what, yeah. What
2: is that called? LoJack. Yeah. Yeah, it's like LoJack for tools. Uh, it is very cool
0: i mean it's a you know it's really interesting to see how all this stuff is progressing and um you know how how technology is changing especially the construction industry because the the 3d modeling capabilities are pretty amazing like they were showing how you can lay out like all of the conduit let's say for the electrical for an entire building with like the click of a button and it does all the load testing and you know, completely lays it out perfectly. tells you exactly, you know, how long of like the threaded rod pieces need to be and what type of fasteners and just stuff that I'm sure used to take weeks, you know, months. I mean, it just, I like the ridiculous tedium of planning some of this stuff out just made my head hurt. Did you see their flex vault toilet snake? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I got to get me one of those.
2: Uh, give me one of those the the uh one of the things i thought that was kind of cool was um stuff that you don't really see from them a whole lot so like that concrete stuff um they have a tool that essentially it's for like pipe hanging and i don't know probably for big buildings when you're like hanging pipe from below a, a concrete floor or something yeah but i was looking at that and i'm like man it just looks awesome like the Pipe hanging from there, so I was like, man, I want to get one of those and like build a bench or a table that's like held together by like some sort of steel conduit or just just looking at these these things that are giant industrial applications and trying to figure out how to build like studio furniture out of them. That's kind of I was like daydreaming most of the time, but it was it was a cool deal. That's all I have to say about
0: that. It was they they do a good job. I went last year and you know I was. I was shocked how they were going to be able to, you know, uh, top Flexvolt, which was a pretty huge announcement last year. I don't think there'd ever been a cordless table saw before. So, um, they, they did a great job. I mean, they, you know, they, they always are coming out with cool stuff and, um, you know, I'm certainly not wanting this to be a DeWalt ad, but, uh, you know, they make good tools. So I use a lot of their stuff. Um, cool. So, uh, Ryan Petzold. In the chat uh, asks, as a maker who sells projects, what would you say is the most in demand or best selling project? So it depends on whether you're talking about furniture or smaller craft items. Um, For furniture, I'd say tables of almost any kind dining tables, coffee tables, end tables. Seems like everybody needs more tables and they're very easy to build, generally speaking. So
2: they can be very, yeah, they can be very simple.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I. Uh, what about you guys?
1: In my world, it's the workbench. Yeah, because I know a lot of people who will buy every workbench, every workbench plan they find, not to ever build them, but because they love collecting workbenches. <laughs> 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 I
2: I would I I would agree with uh, I I agree uh, with the tables. I I feel like I build. They're just, it's so accessible. I mean, everybody, every house has tables in them, and they're usually the focal point or the
1: gathering point of And usually whatever design things. you get, you can scale it up and scale it down to make an end table or a coffee table or a dining room table. Yep. Yep.
0: Yeah, no, it's, uh tables are great. I mean, that's, you know, if you're a furniture builder, that's the type of item, like, you could almost stock end tables and, you know, wouldn't have to worry about them selling, I don't think, because I think they'd they'd go pretty quick. Um, If you're into smaller stuff, I think cutting boards are probably a really good one. Um, Very easy to make, very good use of scrap. Um, Usually you can go to like cabinet shops and things like that and get their offcuts and build hundreds of thousands of dollars of cutting boards for free for literally nothing in material costs outside of glue. So um, I think cutting boards are, especially around the holidays and that kind of stuff, especially... If you want to invest in something like a CNC or a laser cutter where you can customize them, then you can kill it with wedding gifts and things like that. It's a uh, uh, cutting board pretty huge. Or
1: those bottle opener plaques with a magnet, magnet underneath. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Basically just go search on Etsy and you'll see like what there are a million of, of everything. And uh, yeah, I think that's uh, pretty good. All right. Fred McIntyre recommendations for achieving a durable painted finish on
2: wood.
1: Yeah. Don't. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
2: I know there's a delay here, so I'm going to ask it right now, but like what kind of use, like what kind of durability are you talking about? That, That would be my question.
0: Yeah. I mean, so to me, so when I've talked to general finishes about it, basically they recommend a top coat over pretty much any paint. So, you know, they sell their versions of milk paints and that kind of stuff. And, and their milk paint is actually really a <coughs> awesome product. Um, but you can put that on and then apply a couple coats of top coat, just like you would on bare wood, you know, something like high performance, if you want it to be completely clear or like Endurovar, if you want it a little bit amber, and that's going to give you a much, much better protection than just straight up paint. Uh, it's not going to flake off as easily You're not going to chip as easily, um, so that would probably be my recommendation. Uh, what, what?
1: Well, the other thing is the the paint you choose because um, different paints have different things they are intended for. I mean, most paints out there are designed for um, a, a sealed drywall. Yep. Um, and if you get a drywall paint and try and put it on wood, the wood expands and contracts and breathes, and that paint is not going to last on there. Yep. Uh, so you've you really got to choose paints and or colored stains um, which uh, if you're going on wood i would definitely suggest going and looking at colored stains with an opaque colored stain that ends up looking just like paint but it's designed to absorb into the wood um, and, and sit there so it's you really got to look at what you're getting and what is it what is it designed to adhere to
0: yep definitely
2: yeah definitely. i'd, I'd
1: say it's contingent upon
2: Uh, you know, the, the, the use, is it going to be outside? Is it going to be, is it a, what, what kind of use is it going to be a tabletop? Is it going to be something that you're sitting? Is it abrasive? Are you going to be sitting in it? That sort of thing. There's, there's, there's a, you know, different, uh, different finishes for different applications and there's a lot of good ones out there. So there's, there's something that'll work.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think for indoor furniture, I think a milk paint topped with a top coat, would be a pretty pretty good bet regardless of of what it is i think that'd be a hold up pretty well all right well uh we're going to save this last question what is our favorite woodworking tv show for our after show which will be after the next couple segments so uh yeah thank you to the live chat for all the awesome questions if you guys want to join us that's wednesday nights at 8 p.m eastern time so I guess let's go ahead and talk about what we've been watching or reading or whatever. James, how about you, man?
1: Um, I actually uh, came across the Dan the Maker Man. Uh, well, I've been watching his stuff for a while, and he actually made my marking knife, the one I really like to use. Um, just ergonomic, feels great. He made it from a, a saw blade. Um, but he had this scrap of steel that he decided to make another mic- marking knife off of. And rather than putting a wooden handle, he put a brass handle on it. And it was just, it was one of those aha moments of absolute gorgeousness. Um, Just seriously, seriously beautiful, beautiful work. Um, And I want to try and make something like that now. So, yeah, definitely check him out. Um, Dan the Maker Man and uh, his most recent knife build. Very, very cool.
2: Cool. Zach, you got one? I haven't been watching anything, but I don't want to waste this time and not uh, tell people to... Go watch somebody so uh when i met tim sway in new york he was a cool dude so if you guys don't watch tim sway check out his channel he's he's a good guy
1: yeah his current project the helix that is yeah that thing is pretty cool i'm really looking forward to seeing that
0: nice so mine is so uh after the episode last week uh before i had to wake up early and drive over to nashville I stayed up way too late watching this video. Uh, it's a Stereo Chroma channel, which actually Pat Lapp has been featured on a couple times. Uh, they make incredibly, incredibly high quality videos, uh, definitely longer format typically. Uh, but it's this video on making a guitar, and it's on uh, Greenfield Guitars, super, super high end boutique guitars. I think their guitars started like 10 grand a piece, uh, acoustic guitars. And they have an hour long, basically, documentary on. Uh, start to finish them building one of these acoustic guitars, and it is absolutely amazing. I highly, highly recommend it for anybody who's a woodworker. Go watch the video. It's got like 1.6 million views or something ridiculous, so plenty of people have already seen it, but you know, I would love to build an acoustic guitar at some point in my life, and this video just... (laughs) really, really, it kind of intimidates me because the, the amount of detail is insane. Like some of the, uh, inlays and, and, you know, just the crazy stuff that, that happens on an acoustic guitar that is not present on an electric guitar. Um, so definitely highly recommend that. Um, so I guess let's finish it off with our favorite tool of the week,
1: James, you got something? Yes, uh, my Veritas Custom hand plane. Um, This is, I actually had a couple conversations this week on what hand plane should I buy. And from people who have, you know, I have the money, I want to get a good quality tool, I want something to last me for a lifetime. And usually I'm going to say either the Lee Nielsen um, hand plane or the Veritas Custom. Yeah, but the one thing that's really cool about the Veritas Custom Planes is they—they've kind of rethought hand planes from the ground up. I mean, it's—it's it's not like any other hand plane. Um, It—it's it, just—it's—it's it's adjustable. It's customizable. You can get different grips. You can get different knobs. You can set it at different angles. Um, the ability to open and close the mouth on a traditional bevel down plane—it's uh, just—it is a joy to use, and it is a phenomenally good plane. Um, now you're gonna be spending money for it. It is. It's a pricey plane, uh, but just every time I get to use it, it's 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 an absolute pleasure. And uh, nice. yeah, I could go on and on with that.
0: <laughs> Sweet. Uh, Zach, you got one, or you want me to go? Uh,
2: yeah, I got one. This is actually. I'm gonna pick. Where's the chat window? I have like 20 windows open. So okay, there we go. Um. I'm gonna pick this I ordered a uh, Opinel. you know oh, the, Opinel. oh yeah yeah it's just the number six they're like they're really cheap and effective like they' yeah, I have like three of those in my, in my kitchen so yeah the number six is the one that I have it's really small it can fit in your pocket um I actually just keep it on my desk and uh it's it's not really I don't think I would call it, i mean i I've used it in the shop but it's more like It's just, like, the perfect desk knife, like, when you need to open packages or, like... Totally. You know, stuff that you do with a knife, (laughs) it's it's good for that, and they're they're cheap, so... I got, they actually... I got, like, a walnut one on Amazon. It was, like, 15 bucks, I think. I'll throw it in the... the Yeah, they're
0: incredibly cheap, too, and and seemingly decent quality steel, so they're totally sharpenable and
2: maintain a decent edge, so... um, Yeah. Yeah. It's not really, like, a... yeah, not really a sh- so much a shop tool, it's just something that if you need EDC. you need to have a de- you need to have a knife on your desk, and this totally. is a good one for that. Yeah, definitely.
0: Cool. Well I've got a couple. Uh first is this Rockler HVLP sprayer. Zach, you used to have this, right? No. I I, I have a which, do you have the woodcraft one? What did you have before your current setup?
2: Yeah, I had a woodcraft one. Just a okay.
0: forty dollar one. Better. Okay. Yeah, so the Rockler one actually kind of impressed me. Uh, it's a, it's made by I think Earlex, uh, which obviously is pretty. They make really nice uh, sprayers, but um, very simple to use and really low kind of barrier to entry for HVLP. I think they're like one hundred and fifty bucks. So um, if that's something you are interested in, it comes with two needles: ones that works really well for like poly and uh, lacquer and you know thinner things like that, and then one that works well for paint and kind of thicker stuff like that. So, uh, definitely recommend that. Um, you know, obviously I've used everything from a $300 HVLP to like a thousand dollar HVLP. So it compared pretty favorably actually. Um, I was, I was kind of impressed. So definitely check that out. And then also T Gordon sent me one of their smoothing planes. Um, not one of their, uh, regular kind of non-adjustable planes they sent me the i think they call it the a55 model where it's got the little uh you know knob to adjust the the blade uh, and all that kind of stuff so um, beautiful beautiful little plane and excited to kind of incorporate that a little more i have their block plane and a couple of their spoke shaves and uh, wanted to kind of round out The collection so they sent over the smoothing plane which yeah the a55 smoothing plane with the high speed steel blade and then also their uh, three-quarter inch shoulder plane so i'm pretty excited to to mess around with those i I don't really have a dedicated smoothing plane so um, that'll be that'll be nice and it's just their stuff they make it out of really cool australian their
1: quality is phenomenal
0: dude it's ridiculous And like they kind of specialize really high, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, dude, they're handmade. I mean, that's like they are made by like a couple of people there in Australia, and uh, super high angle, so really great for figured stuff. And uh, yeah, so I I need to figure out my sharpening system because, of course, no like American sharpening system works with like a fifty-five degree bevel angle. So I need to uh, either freehand it or. I don't know, figure something else out, but we'll see. I got to talk to James
2: off in, air. In a pinch, you can even like, I've, I've before I bought my sharpening system, like you can just take a straight stick of wood, cut it to on the detent on your miter saw to fifty five degrees, and at least that'll get you like hmm. you can kind of hold that block and get your hand mm-hmm. in that position. You can even slide the wood, but I mean, you'll plug up your your stone faster with that. But at least it will get you. If you set it there and do a few, like, strokes, you can kind of keep yeah. your hand at the right
1: angle. That did not sound <laughs> right. I actually know a guy who, who does that, um, but he makes the block of wood, puts a, a uh, well, basically a groove in it that straddles the, the uh, stone he's oh, yeah. working on, and then um, screws on wheels on either side so it rolls across Interesting. Oh. Interesting. So it rolls on yeah. the table on either side of the stone. Oh, yeah, okay. I got to figure out my
0: sharpening setup cuz man, I'm I'm behind for sure.
1: But once you learn how to do it freehand, it's just everything suddenly clicks. It, it, and that's what I want to do. It's easier. It's just you, yeah. the only way to learn it is to, to Cuz for it. me
0: it's sheer laziness and wanting <laughs> speed. So, any sort of jig
1: so much faster.
0: Yeah, any jig is not going to have speed yeah. on its hand. So, yeah. Like I know, watch I watched William Walker's video today on sharpening hand planes, and seemed like a pretty good system. Um, so I might I might give that a shot. So anyway, I think that will do it for the main show. So thanks to everybody for listening again. If you want to really help out the show for free, go leave us a five star rating on iTunes. Just look up Crafted Podcast. Uh, That is super, super helpful. And uh, if you want to support the show for a couple bucks, uh, go check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash craftedpodcast. Got some really cool rewards over there, including the After Show, which we're about to move into. If you're a Patreon supporter, you can join us in the After Show. Also live listeners, you get to join us for free. So uh, stay tuned for that. And until next week, happy building, everybody. Thanks, guys.